tingling tune. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Happy holidays and welcome to Field Days. I am Noah Nagy and I'm joined by co-host Greg Stroud. We are home for the holidays. That's right, we are back in downtown Lansing. The last three episodes we spent in Jackson, Detroit, and Kalamazoo. Our last episode was with Agent Bonnie Hiller and Supervisor Laura Newman talking about the Compass PSI pilot program they have going on there and the, the activities they have involved in the, that they're doing in the community. They, they're... Uh, you know, it was great to hear the, the, the true benefits that the Compass PSI pilot is, is, is doing and all the great activities that the Kalamazoo Pro and Probation Offices are, are engaged in with uh, through, you know, Coat Drive. And, and they just got a lot of different things going on there, Greg. And they had the victory for Bonnie, and, and Bonnie Hiller had, had shared her story on, on breast cancer, and she recently just finished treatment. So it was, a, you know, as we talk about each, each show and each episode of Field Days, it's just uh, continues to be an amazing effort by our staff out in the field, and uh, we're grateful to have this opportunity to highlight highlight them. And you know, today is Christmas Eve, and 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 like I said, we are home for the holidays, and we hope everybody's uh, enjoying their time with family and friends. And and Greg, how are you doing today? Good, thanks, Noah. Happy holidays to you and your family, and happy holidays to everyone listening at Field Days. I know it's Christmas Eve today. It is. And uh, Santa's coming tomorrow. Santa's coming tomorrow, and we we hope everybody's. Um, enjoying their, their their time off and enjoying their families and friends and um, happy holidays everyone out there listening. So you're right, Noah. I appreciate you saying talking about the PSI Compass because I thought Bonnie and Lara did a wonderful job explaining the benefits of adding that information into the PSI um, to help the prosecutors, to help the, the, the judges, to help the agents, and ultimately to help the offenders uh, to address their needs. So correct. And, and right before we had met with them and, and and did the show with Bonnie and Lara, they had met with all the players right. involved in that, and they had received a lot of positive feedback from everybody involved, prosecutor, judges, and such, and, and you know, Vani had, had shared both her, her concerns leading up to this process, and That's now, right. since she's transitioned, she she talked about the picture of the person. Seeing the benefits of using the compass, and, you know, I, I didn't want to use it at first, and now I see, you know, why we use it, so, yeah, important important stuff for everyone to hear, and I, you know. But what was more amazing was the 2,200 and some reports that Bonnie has, has I, written. I, keep, I still I'm amazed, still I'm still amazed by, that. by that, too. But, no, you talked about highlighting staff again. We, uh, this is what the podcast is for. It's what Field Days is all about. And, let's see, it would have been about a week and a half ago now. Yeah. It would have been on the, the 15th, I think, of December. The deputy direct, director traveled down to Southwest District Probation. And I, you know, I saw you were dabbling in some uh, extra technology yeah. there with a uh, thing called Periscope. Yeah, I, you know, working with Kamara a little more. It's, she's got, Still got she's, some she's trying to, to push that. me outside my comfort zone. I'm proud of you. You, you know, you're growing. Thanks, Noah. You know, that means a lot to me coming the from The next you. time hit record yeah, and that, play. That, that might help, right? So we all can see what you're doing. <laughs> well, the point of me recording this was because Deputy Director Marlin went down there to give a life-saving award to Cindy Furlick. And Cindy Furlick is the Region Manager, Operation Administrator, Secretary down there. And what she did was absolutely amazing. It was on September 15th. So a few months ago, she was looking out her window, and she saw a male stumble into Southfield Road. which, which So this is her office window, right? Yes. Having okay. been down there, Southfield Road is a very, very, very busy right. road. So she sees this male stumble in, fall, and hit his head on Southfield Road. So he's out cold in the middle of the road. So what she did was immediately left her office, and she went out there. And she noticed the man was having a seizure. If you if you know Southfield Road, it is a busy road, and she stopped traffic on Southfield Road so that this man did not get hit. 
She immediately had somebody that stopped their car, called 911. She yelled back to the office for help, and Supervisor Robert Greenwood came out to help, and they got this gentleman on his side, stopped traffic, called paramedics. Miraculously, he didn't. I mean, he didn't. He never got hit. And this, if you know this road, it's amazing. And for her to go out in the middle of this road to help this gentleman is absolutely amazing. No so question. she definitely deserves the life-saving award that she got. And you know, she gave a she gave a nice speech when um, Deputy Director Marlin gave it to her, thanking her staff and you know just how important this was to her. And um, it really speaks to the, the people that we have in FOA and throughout the department who yeah. are willing to step up and go in the middle of a busy road and help somebody. And, and, and in all seriousness, I did see that you were able to record her speech. And, and to her credit, she could not uh, give enough credit to everybody involved in the process. There was a lot of, lot of other staff involved that helped her out. And, and she uh, was very gracious in accepting the award and very appreciative yeah. of, of, of everybody that helped her. Right. And uh, you know, she made sure to mention everybody. And it was truly a, an office and a team award there, as she had mentioned right. in there. And uh, she did a nice job of that, and it, that is that is an amazing story. It is. And, uh, congrats to congrats to Cindy. We we, we appreciate Great everything you Cindy. do. That's right. So Noah, to get back on a, a couple podcasts ago, we mentioned on Field Days that the director was looking for a new motto for the department, and I'm sure everybody listening submitted their uh, suggestions because, according to our public information office, five, they received 550 suggestions. Holy moly, 500. So that's 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 quite a bit. And thanks everybody who sent in suggestions. But now it's time to get a new slogan. They've narrowed it down to 10. And in the last Corrections Connections um, in December, they put the list out of 10 that they want you to vote on. So we all know that the that Director Washington has a focus on offender success. That's what she wants to focus on um, during her time as director. So make sure you're voting. for. Now, now how do we vote? In the Corrections Connection, there is a link of a survey, all 10, on, 10 of, of the new motto. And then you go and select which one you want, hit submit, and that will be the process for yeah, our new model. you voted? I ha- absolutely did it. This came out on Tuesday, and I voted immediately. How about you? I have not voted yet. Well, get on your get on your computer and uh, get on I'm the survey. Still, I'm still reviewing them. Okay, well. Um, there's a couple I really, really there, like. There's a lot of them. So I, I, I'm I having a tough time deciding which which one I, I, I want to uh, vote for. It is. It, these, these are all good uh, good mottos, and uh, thanks for everybody who submitted these. But uh, Noah, we got a good show today. It's Christmas Eve. Who do we have on the show? Well, Greg, we do have a great guest. Our, our guest today is Pro Board Member Jerome Warfield. Jerome is from the city of Detroit. He's a father. He's a husband. He's been a pastor at the Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church for 10 years. Additionally, Greg, Jerome was chairman of the Detroit Police Commission. He was president of Brightmore Alliance. He initiated the Brightmore Crime Task Force chaired the Skillman's Crime and Safety Action Planning Committee, led an effort to secure 375,000 safe routes to school for Brightmore students, collaborated with the University of Michigan of Urban Planning to develop rebuild, a rebuild plan for Brightmore, collaborate, collaborated with the University of Detroit School of Architecture to develop a real rebuild plan for Brightmore, collaborated with Michigan State University Wait, Michigan and Michigan State? Michigan, Michigan State, <laughs> Detroit, uh, on an extension program to offer classes for Brightmore residents. Jerome is a 1989 Michigan State University alum where he had the opportunity to speak at commencement. And he is also 
uh, has a master's degree from Ashland Theological Seminary. I suppose you could get that out now. That was, I, I practiced that 25 times you, before. You look, you look a little nervous I, saying I, that. I, I, <laughs> well, I was shaking no, in my boots. No, it's very clear why uh, Jerome was appointed to the Pro Board with that kind of resume. No my, question. My and goodness. Jerome was appointed to the Pro Board in November of 2013, and our guest, Jerome Warfield. Welcome, Jerome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate well, being it's, here. It's an honor to have you. And uh, Well, you don't know. Hang on. Well, you, you said he graduated from, he got his bachelor's from where? Michigan State University. And you know they're going to play next week. A week oh, that's right. A, a week, week from, from today. today. A week from today, yeah, they're going to play absolutely. the big game. So I guess there's, uh, I sh- we shouldn't probably say roll tide. It's no. party on, right? Uh, go, go green, go white. <laughs> I will be at that game. Well, exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. Gonna be my, a... yeah, my son is actually a manager on the team. Wow. Oh, get in out the second year state, so no we'll kidding. be at that game. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. He's, he's got to be excited. He's very excited. It's been a great, uh, great run, and I'm sure all those Michigan fans. Uh, there's one sitting here next to me, uh, Jerome, on my left, who is a, a Wolverine. So I'm sure Walmart, still a- Walmart Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to the Spartans, and uh, we look forward to watching that game next week. Well, Jerome, I, I, you know, you had when we had talked last week, and Greg you know, teases me from time to time on, on my ability to Google, Google. Information. You are, you are the Google but master. You told me Google you, and boy, oh boy, did I Google you! And there's all broke kinds. the computer. <laughs> I, I had to set aside four hours just to kind of print off all the information I wanted. But as you can say, when I was introducing Jerome, there's just a whole host of things uh, that that you're, you were involved in in the city of Detroit. Big things. But, big, big things. things. I mean, big things. Important things. I'm really, really interested to hear more about Brightmore and, and your involvement. In involvement in that, and how, how you got involved, and, and what kind of the purpose of of, of that alliance. Absolutely. Well, it was interesting. I've been there in that community now for 10 years pastoring, and um, that is actually a 94-year-old community. And it was developed by a guy named Burt Taylor. And Taylor developed that community uh, literally for it to be a feeder into the manufacturing uh, business and community in Detroit, the emerging manufacturing community. And so what he did, he went up to Appalachia, Michigan, Kentucky, and Ohio, and recruited people to come and live in what somewhat substandard housing where they would literally have housing kits and build on their homes as they earned the money in those factories uh, to have you know a more um, safer dwelling right. and so that's how Brightmore got built okay. essentially and it has gone through its ebb and flow down through the years good bad and indifferent and some people have down through the years called it little Sa- Saigon right. uh, and so when I got there it was, it was pretty decimated uh, still is somewhat to this day, but there are a lot of investment going on there. Um, I got involved because there was a lady in my church at the time, Mrs. Hawkins, okay. and she was one of the founders of Brightmore Alliance. And it was a group of individuals that met with Dave Bing, not that Dave Bing, I'm sorry, Dennis Archer, when he was mayor, and wanted to know how could they get resources into that community. Um, he told them they need to come and be a collaborative, come together and be a collaborative. So a number of groups, neighborhood groups and businesses and nonprofits came together in order to be that collaborative. Uh, the issue, though, down through the years was they were so protective of the community that they were fearful of new people coming in. And so as a result of that, um, they did not go as far as they had hoped to go. And so when I got drafted into the plan by Mrs. Hawkins, <laughs> literally I showed up. This is how this is how, this is how it happened. I went I went I left service one day, went home, got something to eat. I promised her I'd show up at their at their meeting. Right. I literally I walked in the door, I sat in the back. She turned around and pointed to me and said, There he is, there's the new president of the organization. Here we go. Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations. Way to volunteer. Absolutely. And we went on from there. I mean, the great thing is it's all about timing. And at that time the Knight Foundation was 
uh, interested in doing some great things in the community. The Skillman Foundation was pledging up to $20 million uh, for their Kids Matter Here uh, campaign. And then you had a number of other groups uh, joining as well, Gleaners Organization, uh, Forgotten Harvest Organization, so many more. Uh, the Marjorie Fisher Foundation as well. And we began to really grow and develop that organization so much to the point that one day I was approached by the leaders at Skillman to go from a volunteer organization and turn it into a paid staff okay. organization. Right. And we did that about six years ago. Uh, we were able to do that. And it has made all the difference in the world. Wow, that's great. Now, so, you know, some of the things you were sharing with us yesterday when we were talking before the show is, is the employment opportunities for some of the youth in that area. Right. One of the things that we saw, there was a study that was conducted in Detroit, and 81% of the young people ages 14 to, through 24 were unemployed in the summer months. And I grew up in the era we had uh, jobs, it was called, summer program it was called uh, CETA and YET programs, which afforded us the opportunity to work in the summer to appreciate what it was like to earn a dollar, right. to gain valuable skills right. and information. We, um, and, and over in Brightmill, there was nothing like that going on for the kids. So what my wife and I did, and this was about eight years ago, we started just grab a, a couple of kids in the neighborhood, we began to pay them out of our pocket and put them in leadership training. Okay. The next year, we uh, someone noticed that we were doing that, gave us a small grant, I think, of, of about $600. We brought some more kids on, on board. And then they end up turning into the fact where now we employ up to 240 kids a summer. Wow. And they work in a, a number of different businesses in the neighborhood and throughout the city, from engineering firms mm -hmm. to hospitals to the Detroit Police Department as well as some neighborhood, you know, nonprofits doing great projects sure. and things like that. Um, but it, it has gone a, ver a, a long way to develop the mind and the character of young people. I mean, there are some, some people here I've met at Michigan State who were part of the summer program no when we first got started, and that's, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, Jerome, by my math, 240 kids a summer times how many summers you've done this? How many kids, do you know how many kids yeah. do you help? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been over a thousand. It's that's, been over a thousand amazing. kids. It's, it's literally been over a million dollars in revenue and payroll that we've paid out uh, over over that senior period. That's great, that's good now stuff. You had, you had also shared with us yesterday some specific missions for that project for Brightmore. What are those? Right, well, some, some of the things that uh, we were concerned about uh, in Brightmore was first of all making sure that the kids are safe right. and that the kids have safe boundaries, which is why we got involved in the safe routes to school. Right. As a matter of fact, Brightmore was the first urban area in the state of Michigan at that time to receive that type of grant from safe, safe routes to school. And what we did is cleared passageways, tore down brush mm -hmm. to make sure that kids have a safe passage. Second of all, um, re regarding that crime and safety mm -hmm. piece, there was a point in Brightmore where uh, young girls were getting attacked on their way to school. Called and convened Detroit Police Department, Detroit Public School Safety Personnel, as well as the community. In 24 hours, not only did we catch the individual who, uh, who actually committed these crimes, but we located 20 felons right. hiding in one house okay. uh, in, in the area. And so crime and safety was very important sure. in that community. Another thing we do is that we try and look out for those who are in need, um, just basic services that we take for granted sometimes. Um, we have a very robust feeding ministry uh, throughout the Brightmore right. area, and, and we are partnered with Gleaners, we're partnered with the Garden Harvest, uh, and then the new Myers opened up uh, just adjacent right. to, right. our, to our community, and they are, they are big time contributors as well. 
that's great. Well, you know, it sounds like you know a lot of a lot of your work is you know involved helping children, helping that area, uh, and a lot and a lot of a collaboration with law enforcement to to help do that. So, you know, you, you've done just by this conversation we've had so far, you've done so much in, in the communities of Detroit and in the private sector, and now you transition into the public sector, into the Michigan Department of Corrections. Talk about that experience. How, how has it been for you? It's been it's been interesting, Greg, because I mean, when I first came out of Michigan State, my major was political science, pre-law. Ended up in pharmaceutical sales immediately when I got out. Go figure, right? <laughs> Worked that for 17 years, ended up pastoring now in the Department of Corrections. Out of all the positions that I've had, and I've held quite a few of them, this is without question the most important, the most weightiest, the busiest, but yet the most fulfilling work that I've ever done in my life. And that is the honest God truth. If you ask anybody, they would hear me say that. Um, working for the parole board and being a member of the parole board is just super rewarding. Yeah, that's a lot to say when you, when you go through your resume and everything you've done throughout your lifetime. So, uh, you know, speaks to the job and glad that we have you as a member of the team. You you bring a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, you know, just a lot of life experience to to know when you when you speak to a prisoner and, and you're and you're thinking about parole. I'm sure you go back to your experience and, and, and use that in, in determining if somebody is eligible or should be paroled or not paroled, right? Oh, absolutely. I want to go back to something you just said, being part of the team. Um, this was, this, this, and it is that, it's a team. I've never worked for a staff of individuals that have been so cohesive of a group as our, our staff down in the parole board. Uh, just unbelievable. If one person uh, is not able to make it, or if one person's schedule gets in the way or whatever, someone else, someone else immediately comes in and picks picks up the uh, the reins and, and and continues to move forward. But we, you know, we're able to meet a number of different type of individuals. I call them residents right. in our system. In our in our system, I don't call them uh, uh, prisoners. I call them residents. Some residents are more permanent than others, <laughs> but but they're residents none none uh, all the same. And what's interesting is that you do you use all of that background, all of that experience that you have to try and determine public safety because at the end of the day, it's about public safety, and then you balance that with inmate success. How do you make sure that they're set up for success going outside? And so, you know, I, I tell them all the time, we do now what's called phase one interviews, which allows us to talk to the prisoners when they first get inside so that their focus can be on what do I need to do to be successful while I'm in and plan for my success when I get out. And so if they do that while they're inside, then it guarantees that they will not be part of that um, 29, 28% that will recidivate. And that's what we try and do to make sure that they're successful at the end of the day. But it's a very, very um, hard job. It's a very difficult job, has many layers, many functions. And um, it can be overwhelming at times, but at the same time, that is overwhelming and super rewarding. You clearly have a passion for, for this job. I mean, I, I, your resume shows that you clearly have a passion for everything you've done. But Helping people. Helping people. That's, no question. That's, that's well said, Noah. So, Well, Jerome, is there anything else that you, you'd like to get out for, for staff to, to know about, you know, what you need, kind of help them out, help you out? Is there anything else, any, any other message you want to get out to FOA as a whole? I, I, first of all, thank you, and thank both of you guys for, for this opportunity to be able uh, to come and talk to the folk in FOA. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, um, and I don't know all of MDOC, uh, but the part that we've been able to see, the, the various institutions that we've been able to visit, the various staff members who've come in and sat with us, 
If you do not understand the parole board, uh, you need to ask someone if you can just come sit in our offices and see what we do. I think you'll be amazed at the amount of work that we have in front of us, at the uh, level of in-depthness of the interviews that we do with the prisoners. Uh, I think you'll be amazed at the level of teamwork and cooperation that you'll see in the parole board. Um, a lot of people, t for us, our job is pretty, pretty mysterious. Um, you know, but it shouldn't be. I think if there's anything uh, I would say, and this is for future, uh, I think we need to be more visible in the community. I think, you know, because we do most of our uh, interviews by uh, video conference, that we might need to do some of our video conferences in the community. In other words, so that we can uh, be able to tell community leaders and and just those who have people in the system what they need to do to make sure those folk who are in the system be successful on their way out. Because one of the things that I'm seeing now is that it's all about information. If people are armed with information and a desire to do better, then they come out being much more successful. And that's a good point. And Jerome, you had talked about, and Greg, we've talked about this on, on shows uh, previous about visits and, and agents coming up and visiting with pro board yep. members and yep. sitting in. And, and some of the reaction that we get from our agents is, uh, you know, they, they're so excited to see the, the part that they play in the pro board process. You know, the work that they're doing on the front end or the work that they're doing in, in the supervision. I know that Jerome and their other pro board members rely and are counting on the work in the field by the probation agents, the parole right. agents, or preparing the reports, whether it's the PSI report or any type of violation reports. That information is sitting in front of Jerome, is sitting in front of the rest of the parole board members while they're interviewing that uh, that uh, residence, Jerome would yeah. say, uh, while they're while they're having that conversation, while they're discussing it with their panel partners, that the and we talk about team and pro board right. members being a team, MDOC and FOA as a whole, we're all part of the process right. and we're relying on one another. We absolutely could not do our job if we did not have that PR, the um, the parole. Uh, report there, the PSI there, the uh, the violation reports there. I mean, that is our Bible. And we thumb through every page of that chart. And so all of the work that's done by Phil Operations is extremely value to, valuable to us in making our decisions, without question. No question. And, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a great experience. And like Jerome saying, if, if you have an opportunity as an agent or a supervisor to come in and sit with with the pro board members and, and witness it and, and have conversation with them to get, to, as, as Jerome said, arm yourself with information. Well, Jerome, thank you for uh, joining us today. It was a great interview and we appreciate you uh, joining us on Field Days. Greg, as we've mentioned you know, in, in episodes past, you know, the passion that our FOA st staff have for helping people, and Jerome clearly has a passion for helping people, comes out in, in each interview and just to be able to hear the stories, both in the community and in, in, in the work being done in the offices, it's a, it's a pleasure to have these opportunities to hear that because it really it, it lifts you up and it makes you feel good inside and realize how, how fortunate we are to work in, in such a great organization. And which is perfect timing because it is the holidays. It is the holidays and <laughs> happy, holidays happy holidays to Jerome and, and Greg. I hope you guys have a great holiday. Uh, both today and tomorrow. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you and your families. Yeah, thanks, Jerome. We appreciate you coming on. I, this, I, think, I think FOA is going to thoroughly enjoy this interview. I think uh, you, know, it's, you share information about yourself and the work uh, that's going to help people do their jobs. So thanks for coming on today. And remember, everybody who's listening, if you want to follow more about uh, what's going on in the department, you can always like the MDOC's Facebook page, or you can follow what's going on in FOA on the FOA Twitter page. That's at MDOC FOA. So it's like on Facebook and follow. 
we, we, got that, we got that straightened out last one. No, we got that straightened out last one. Yes, you got to like the Facebook sense. page. You got to follow about, What about this Periscope thing? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in, in trying to get real, real-time video out to staff when, you know, when, the, when the deputy director is out visiting or when, you know, good things happen enough right. away, rather than just putting it on the Twitter page and somebody looking at it down the road. We can see it live as it's put it on Put it on live and people can be there, but not really be there. Right. So, well, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you, know, you know, I know that's going to expand and that will be a beneficial uh, uh, for us to be able to see what's going on yeah. in, in some of the speeches and hear from other staff. So good job. Uh, Continuing to develop that. Thank you, Noah. That's awesome. Thank you, Noah. I'm sure Kamara is going to help you. Well, and congratulations to you too, Noah, because I, I know uh, in the next week or so you're headed down to DRC uh, to take on a new challenge down there as, as the deputy warden. So congrats to you and good luck. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to the new opportunity. A lot to learn here in the in the coming month or two That's or right. three. Or That's right. So enjoy your, ho- enjoy your holidays <laughs> yeah. because you when, you, when you come back. <laughs> Got some reading to do. And uh, no, I'm excited. I, I, you know, I've, I spent a little time down there as a PV unit manager and uh, great people at, 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 at DRC and DDC and had an opportunity to, uh, you know, already visit a couple times. So I'm looking forward to that and it will be a great, I will miss all the folks up here at the, the pro board and central office. Well, you got to make sure that now that DRC and DDC are FOA, you got to get them in, uh, in into, into field days and make sure you. Uh, oh, no question. We'll be doing some uh, interviews with some of the folks right. down there. That's it's right. going to be exciting times and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for bringing that up. And, well, you know, it's it's about that time. We gotta start preparing. I got a few more presents to wrap. I think I even have a few more presents to purchase yet. Uh, does not uh, surprise I, me. I hope no, the stores stay, <laughs> store stay open until <laughs> six today because I'm running late on time. So, Greg and Jerome, remember one thing: go Team FOA.
about it 